There'll be no such thing as broken And all the old will be made new And the thought that makes me smile now Even as the tears fall down Is that the only scars in heaven yeah, Are on the hands that hold you now Till I'm standing with you in the sun I'll fight this fight and this race I'll run Until I finally see what you can see
I know how you feel, but it isn't over yet. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Whatever the struggle, whatever the pain, no matter the fear or the battle you face, help is on the way. 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 Sometimes sorrow is the door to peace. Sometimes heartache is the gift I need. What if we could love the way Jesus did? Passionately, faithfully, powerfully. What if the way we love could make a difference in the world around us? What if that love looked at everyone the way God does? A love which doesn't see the past, but is consumed by a desire to see people come to know Jesus. A love which is patient and kind, not envious or prideful. A love which puts others before ourselves, chooses peace over anger, a love which protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Do we love like this? Do we love like Jesus? Maybe it's time to ask a simple question. How can we love better? Please rise for our first song. Amen. 
love never ends And all the people said amen seated and good morning. Did you know that the word amen or amen, depending on how you want to pronounce it, literally means yea, yea, it shall be so. So example, if I said to you, Jesus loves us, this we know, and if I would say, um, what's the response to that? You can say, Amen. And uh, so it is true. It is what brings us together in worship. It's what holds us together for eternity because of what Christ did. And it's a joy to be able to be in God's house or online worshiping with you because we have a good reason, his love for you and me. want to welcome our guests here. We're glad you're with us in worship. Uh, we invite you to come on back. Uh, I'd love for you to come on back and be a part of uh, this faith community now, how do we get to know you, and how can maybe we answer some of your questions? Uh, one way is after the service, stop at Next Steps in the family gathering area, meet you, greet you, and we have a gift for you. If you are online, what you can actually do is you could just put something in the comment section, and that will then get to us. You can also text 1C Guest to 94000, and that will make it to us, and then if you have questions, we can answer and whatever happens from there. Also, secondly, a little bit later, we're going to have prayers. And again, if you would like to include your prayers into worship today, a couple ways for you to let us know. Number one, we have slips of paper out in the family gathering area. Fill those out, put them in the box, and we'll bring them into service. Um, if you are online for Facebook Live, feel free, just in the comment section, whatever your prayer request, and we'll include those. Also, if you have a smartphone and you'd like to text your prayer, you can text it to 402-242-5051. Thirdly, is we're going to have communion in a little bit. And here at 1C, we believe it's a gift that God gives to his people. We believe it's bread and wine, but also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if this is what you believe, we invite you. In fact, we encourage you to celebrate with us. And there's a couple different ways for you to celebrate with us. So example, if you would prefer to stay in your seat and take communion, we have individual servings of either bread and wine or bread and juice at the kitchen window in the family gathering space, all right? And if you didn't get those and you still like to get them, you can go during the next song and get that. Or later on, we're going to be having continuous communion where as the Spirit moves you and as the song is being sung, you can make your way up, and you can receive uh, this precious gift. So that'll be coming up a little bit, and just want to give you a heads up. Last but not least, please, please, on the way in or on the way out, pick up one of the brochures, bulletins, whatever you like to call them, and you're going to find some of the things that are happening in the life and mission and ministry of 1C. In fact, there is a QR code that you can, you know, how to do that with your camera. That'll take you to even more information, but example, we have 
couple things highlighted in here. We have the blood drive coming up on August 11th. In fact, you can sign up after the service for that. Um, on August 15th, on a Sunday, at both the 9 and 11, we're going to do the blessing of the backpacks. Well, really, the blessing of the students, right? And so you're going to come forward, and we're going to be able to pray for the students as they embark on another year. Another thing that you can do, we have become very aware of how our teachers, often in, out of their own pockets, will go out and buy things for their students. Some of the, what we call the, just the bare essentials. So we're actually doing an in-gathering. So if you want to take a look, you could see the list of things that teachers often give out to their students. And if you'd like, bring that with you on that date, and then we'll make sure we get it to the teachers. So again, that's August 15th, all right? Then um, exploration. That's our Wednesday night experience where we can learn from the Word of God. No matter what age you are, we're going to have different offerings for you, kids to adults and all different kinds of things. So please, please, please give thought to that. Maybe think, okay, Sunday I'm going to come and worship, and then Wednesday I'm going to come and learn, and I'm going to grow up into being a disciple and a follower of Christ. So just think about that August 18th. And then we're going to have a voters meeting on August 22nd. And you might be sitting there thinking, wait, didn't we have one recently? Because of a certain circumstance, we are going to have the voters meeting again. And it's at 10 o'clock in between the services on August 22nd. And it's going to be one agenda item. It's election of officers. Um, and if you're here today and you're thinking, well, maybe I'd like to serve in that capacity, please call us at the church office. We'd love to talk to you about that as well. Many more things we could talk about, we're not. We're going to worship and celebrate our good God, gracious God. So let's continue. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see so clearly. It's like 
as the sun We know less days to sing your phrase than when we first begun Come on up front, find a seat on the floor. It is time for the kids' message. Come on up, find a seat on the floor. I hope you had your goldfish. If you didn't get goldfish on your way in, there should be some still out there when you leave under the TV, but I didn't have a chance to finish mine yet, so I thought I'd try to finish them. Come on up, find a seat on the floor. These goldfish are really good. Do you like the goldfish? Yeah. Yeah? Did everybody eat your goldfish? Yeah. Yeah? yeah? You finishing yours up now? Yeah, these are good. Well, boys and girls, did you play outside this week? Yeah. Yeah? It was hot, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness. We had a heat advisory early in the week. Um, I got to play outside some, too. Romy and I went kayaking. Uh, mowed the yard. That made me really thirsty. Mowing, mowing the yard out in this heat and then got to do a little bit of golfing. That made me thirsty too. In fact, I'm still thirsty. I thought maybe these goldfish would help. but I think they're making me thirstier. It's just, excuse me for a minute, I am really thirsty. Are you getting thirsty? That's a lot better. Wow, I was really thirsty. Hmm. You know what? Have you ever been really, really thirsty? Yeah, yeah. When? Like when you're on a road trip. Oh, on a road trip? Yeah. What else makes you really thirsty? Going outside. Going outside to play? Yeah. Playing basketball makes you thirsty? Yeah. What makes you thirsty? Running, yeah, that makes you thirsty. Do goldfish make you thirsty? They make me thirsty. 
Well, does anybody want some water? You want some water? Okay, good. I probably should have handed out water with the goldfish. Does anybody else want water? You want some water? There you go. Yeah. What other things do you do that makes you really thirsty? I'm doing track. Doing track? Yeah. Doing track makes you thirsty. Oh, my. Can you catch? All right. There's a lot of thirsty people out here. Way in the back. Good catch. What other things do you do that make you thirsty? On an airplane, yeah, they usually bring around drinks, don't they? And they just throw them at you, don't they? Just like this, when you're getting a drink at the airport or in the airplane, they just throw them at you. Is that true? That's not true, is it? Here you go. <laughs> Anybody else want water? Oh my goodness! Here, you want to pass those out, Bo? Just hand them out to everybody who wants water. Because I thought, you know what? We better just get to our, our Bible verse. More water? There's more up here if we run out. All right. So let's, let's get to our, our psalm for the day. And it is Psalm chapter 42. All right. Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. Let's just start out by reading Psalm 42. And it says, as the deer, as the deer pants for streams of water, my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? <laughs> Look at that. We, sur- we thirst for God just like a deer thirsts for streams of water. Just, just like we thirst for water when we eat flavor blast goldfish or play baseball or basketball, go on a road trip, play out in the sun. We thirst for God. What? Do music? All right. Well, you know what? We were created by God to live really closely with God. And our soul thirsts for God because we were created to be with Him. Isn't that cool? But you know what? Sometimes we look for, to fill that thirst in other things. But only God can satisfy our thirst because if we look for something other than God, it's kind of like eating flavored blast goldfish. It might taste really good, but it leaves you thirsty, doesn't it? Yeah, but God satisfies our souls because we are created to live closely with him, and he wants to be with us too. So remember, only God can satisfy your soul. All right, should we pray? We'll fold our hands, and you can repeat after me. Lord God, thank you for being the water for our thirsty souls. Help us to turn to you to be refreshed. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. And you can head on back to your seat. You can take the water with you. And if you didn't get goldfish, there's some out in the family gathering space. watching All the world does care 
Even when the world weighs on my shoulder Now these feelings I can bear Cause I know you're here Cause everywhere I go I know you're not far away like one of those songs where it ends and it's like, do I applaud or do I just keep taking it in? It's a beautiful song, isn't it? But the truth of that song is really what's beautiful. He is right here. And I don't know where you've been this week. I don't know what you've experienced this week. My guess it's like this, up and down and twists and turns and everything. We have a constant God who constantly loves us, who shows up faithfully every day, every moment. And that's what this meal is about. So before we take this meal, the Bible encourages us to examine ourselves. And that just means we're going to get honest with God and with each other about our sin and our need for his grace and forgiveness. And I'm going to do it as we pray. So if you would, just kind of focus in on this time with God. Lord Jesus, we come to you because you are here. You are right with us. In fact, we marvel at the fact that you decided to understand humanity in a real way. 
You put flesh on. You, you came down to this earth, born in Bethlehem. And as you lived your life out, you, you knew what people deal with. You saw the brokenness. You saw the pain. You saw the sin. And your heart moved you to go to Jerusalem, to go on a cross, to be placed into a tomb. Thank you for your complete and perfect love that took upon yourself all of our sins. And when you said it is finished, payment has been made. And you have made it right with our Heavenly Father again. So now we ask that you prepare our hearts. Give us the faith to receive this gift of Holy Communion as we celebrate your love for us. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it all of you. This cup is the new testament of my blood which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Now during the next song, we're going to have the distribution. And as we mentioned, if you have those uh, individual communion um, sets, feel free to, to take that whenever the Spirit moves you. If you're going to come forward, right, just come forward during the song whenever, again, the Spirit leads you. And just know that up here we have, um, we have bread, but we also have gluten-free option too. So if you want that, just let the server know. Just kind of put the finger up and just let, let us know and we'll serve you that. And if you come forward and you would, uh, if you don't want wine, if you want juice, just same thing. Let the server know and we will serve you juice. Again, may this time be a very sacred, special time where Jesus who is right here, meets you wherever you are. Amen. And a friend who understands everything you're going through But you keep standing at a distance In the shadow of your shame But there's a light of hope that shines won't you come and take your place And bring it all to the table There's nothing he ain't seen before For all your sin, all your sorrow and your sadness There's a Savior and it calls Bring it all to the table
He can see the weight you carry And the fears that hold your heart But through the cross you've been forgiven You're accepted as you are So bring it all to the table There's nothing he ain't seen before For all your doubts, all your worries and your burdens There's a Savior and a cause Bring it all to the table Bring it all You can bring it all So come on in, take your place There's no one who's turned away All you sinners and all you saints Come right in and find your grace Come on in, take your place There's no one who's turned away All you sinners and all you saints Come right in and find your grace And bring it all to the table Cause there's nothing he ain't seen before all your sin, all your sorrow and your sadness There's a Savior and a cause Bring it all to the table So come on in, take your place There's no one who's turned away All you sinners and all you sin, all your sorrow and your sadness, there's a Savior and a cause, bring it all to the table.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Oh Jesus, we are coming to you this morning with prayers from our 1C family and from the Columbus community. We are bringing these things to the table knowing that when we pray, you hear us and you act. This invitation to pray is a marvelous gift you've given us. And this morning we lift up Ethan Welch, who's in boot camp. It's a difficult journey. It's presenting a lot of trials that are testing his endurance and faith. Strengthen him, Lord, for all that he is facing. A prayer also that you will heal Michael Newhouse. A prayer for my brother who is battling suicide thoughts and actions. May he find his purpose and find God's love. Jesus, we lift up a couple who are looking to find a place to live here in Columbus. Will you grant them this request? And a prayer, Lord, for the Peace Lutheran Mission Trip. As these people are up in the community of Norris, may you expand your kingdom there. And we lift up Harrison and all those young people. May they be well received by the children they're working with and let your love and mercy pour out on the Norris community. Jesus, thank you for working in my nephew during his recovery from dependence on drugs. You have changed his heart. Glory to you for your perfect timing. My sister needs your healing. She's endured more than three years of health problems and she's just weary. Give her your strength and her medical team skill to find the appropriate treatments. Father, we pray for a friend. Her name is Jane. As she recovers from a broken collarbone, Strengthen her through cancer treatments that weaken her body and deplete her energy. You are so good and all things are possible through you. These are our prayers, Jesus. We know you've heard them in mercy and in your own way and time, bring answers, Lord. And thank you for that model prayer that we can just always come to and so as your people, we lift it up to you this morning. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. For those of you that are close enough, can you tell what this is? It's a Bible. Very good. Why the Bible? Why the Bible? Probably the best way is to let the Bible tell us the why. 
It says all scripture, which is the Bible, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So I just want to encourage you. If you don't have a Bible, we have several of them by each set of doors. Just take one with you. And we, we're trying to encourage all of us to let the Bible be a little bit more part of our life, whether it's here at church or at work or at school, wherever you are. So whether you bring a Bible with you or you uh, have your phone, smartphone, we love the version app. If you ever want to know how to put that on your phone or your tablet, you know, talk to us, we'll help you with that. It's just great to let the Word of God make a difference in our life. That's why as we go through summer psalms, we're pausing, we're reflecting, not just on any word, but on the Word of God, which is profitable for teaching, right, and all the stuff that we heard in 2 Timothy. And uh, summer psalms, we've, we've done a couple of weeks so far, now we're going to pause at Psalm 42 and 43, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, it's going to take an hour to go through two psalms. Not really. I just want you to know, Psalm 42 and 43 probably were one psalm at one time. And somebody in the history decided to pull them apart. Now, how do we know that? Well, commentators will say Psalm 42 has a kind of a topic on the top of it, a little introduction, and Psalm 43 doesn't. So it just seems to flow from one to the other, and the themes are very similar. So we're going to look at that today, and we're going to look at Psalm 42 and Psalm 43, specifically Psalm 42. Now, I want to start out with a story. And um, disclaimer here, uh, this picture up here, if you could put it up here, is not Lydia Lieber or Lieber. I just Googled 98-year-old German woman. Let me go back in time. About 32 years ago, I was a brand new pastor. So you go through all the seminary years of stuff, and then they send you out, and I was put in Iowa, Iowa East. And I was over in that little corner by Williamsburg and Marengo. Anybody know where those are? Probably the claim to fame is the Tanger Outlet Mall. You know, I got there right when that was opening up, and everyone was excited about that and McDonald's. You know, that's just how life gets turned around. And um, <clears throat> one of the things I got to do right away was start to visit some of our homebound um, members. And one of them was Lydia. Really, 98 years old, really German, the thick accent. Oh, she could, the spoken, broken English. I mean, it's just the way it was. Um, and I would go there, and you could tell that she was working so hard to get ready for my visit. Because uh, she could barely walk. I mean, she was like this. She couldn't see. But she looked forward to that time when I would show up once a month to bring communion. And uh, I would get there, and the very first thing you do um, in Iowa, also in Minnesota, I don't know if it's in Nebraska, but you have a little lunch. She, made, she spent all day, I know she did, the, the day before, making some kind of German pastry, streusel or something German. And then she would brew coffee in the morning. She'd have it all set up with her finest of little you know, things. And it was like, wow, this is kind of cool. It's fun being a pastor. Um, 
So you sit down and we're just talking. And we're talking about lots of different things. But I could also always tell she couldn't wait for the time for communion. And she would just take hold of that conversation. So when we got done with the chit-chat, we moved right over to communion. And that's what she was all about. But one of the things that happened during our conversation, I could tell she had a heavy heart. And as best as I can hear and understand, a lot of it had to do with her son. She lived with her son. He was a master woodworker. Honestly, if you wanted a dining room table, you go on a waiting list for about 10 years to get um, a handcrafted one uh, from the Amana colonies, if you know anything about that area. Uh, but I could just tell she would be heavy-hearted about her son. And she would say something like, he doesn't know Jesus. Wow, and you could just see the tears coming in. But then she would do something that marveled me and inspired me to keep doing what I'm doing. She would share scripture. Scripture that she memorized years ago because now she can't read a single book, let alone the Bible itself. And she would share scripture or she would share a favorite hymn that she learned growing up. She just memorized them and she knew them, not just up in the head but in her heart, if you know the difference, right? And I could just tell that the word of God was helping her with her heavy heart. That story is to get us ready for Psalm 42 and 43. There were some people back then, back at the writing of Psalm 42 and 43 that had heavy hearts. And I'm going to maybe intersperse the word depressed with heavy heart because I think the two can look alike. There were some people, in fact, this is the, um, how the title says. It says, to the choir master, a mascal of the sons of Korah. I don't know about you, but I usually just breeze through it and I don't really, it doesn't matter, I'm going to read the text. I think it's important to understand who we're talking about here. So I'm going to first off go to 2 Chronicles 20. gives us a little indication about who are these people or sons of Korah. The Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. So a little bit of uh, Hebrew history. There was somebody named Jacob who had 12 sons, one of the sons was named Levi. And God commanded that the Levites be the priest for the temple. Now in there, there were many priestly functions, and the sons of Korah were the musicians. So if you kind of follow that, that's the storyline. That's when you hear about the sons of Korah. But then you have the, the word maskal. It just stands out there. There's not a really good definition. This is probably the best we're going to get. To make someone wise or to instruct. So it's a mascal from the sons of Korah. So they're musicians. So it's probably some kind of song that gives wisdom and instruction. So when you look at Psalm 42, and I encourage you to do that this week, look at 42 and 43, I want you to picture it like it's a song written by God, right? right? All, God, all scriptures, God-breathed or inspired. It's a song by God to teach you and me some very important things, right? That's the storyline. Now, 
when you go through Psalm 42 and also 43, you're going to see some phrases that may stir you a little bit because maybe you're sitting here today and you're heavy-hearted. Or let's use the other word, depressed. And I'll just give you this. As a counselor, as a life coach, this is the truth. Every person that has walked on the face of the earth, even Jesus himself, experienced depression. So if you're sitting here today heavy-hearted and or depressed, you're in good company. It's all of us. Now, normally, depression looks like this. Right? The ups and downs of life, it kind of twists and turns, and you kind of hold on tightly, and sometimes you're feeling like, you know, I don't like roller coasters, but sometimes you're feeling like, ah. But that's not everyone. Sometimes we, you and me, sometimes our depression looks like this. Okay, and we're, we're down for so long, and, and it's so painful, and it's so dark. So I don't know what kind of heavy heart you have, whether it's one of these things and you're just going like, huh, or you're sitting here today like here. Maybe these phrases are going to resonate to you. So, so this, this comes from the sons of Korah. Where is your God? I don't know about you. There's times in my life, even as a pastor, where I say, God, where are you? When life is so dark, so dismal, so destructive, it's like, it seems like God is the great watchmaker in the sky. I don't know if you ever heard about that concept. Was he made the earth like a watch, winds it up, and says, hasta la vista, I'll see you at the end. There are people that believe that. And I think sometimes in our darkest places, sometimes we think that God has left the building. So, the sons of Korah were feeling this. How about this one? Cast down. Just picture those two words and what that looks like. You, your life, your circumstance, whatever you're going through, into maybe what feels like the abyss. Or how about this? My tears have been my food day and night. That is a powerful descriptive word for heavy heart or depression. Or how about this one? All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. Um, one of my favorite things to do is to go to the ocean. I don't know if you've been to the ocean. And one of my favorite things to do is to go out into the ocean and kind of stand in there and let the waves kind of hit me. But after a while, after it keeps hitting you, you kind of get wobbly. You get tired. Sometimes it'll even knock you over, and then it'll crash over you. That's what they're describing. And maybe you're sitting here today just like the sons of Korah feeling like that. Or how about, um, okay, let me just stop there. If you're sitting here today and you have a heavy heart because of, let's, let's go through the list. I was talking to Randy Longacre. I said there's, there's these like three or four things that people deal with all the time. Sometimes we have a heavy heart over our health issues. Sometimes we have a, um, a heavy heart over our finances. Sometimes we have a heavy heart over our relationships. I mean, there's a couple common things that I see in my office all the time. Sometimes I even see in my own mirror. So what was the answer 
for the sons of Korah. What did they do? Where did they go? Verse 11b. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And here's the challenge for people that are human. We often insert something different with word number three. We put hope in all sorts of things. When we feel any of these things that I just mentioned that the sons of Korah did, we kind of put our hope in all kinds of things. And I'll just tell you, there are, I mean, I love you as my brothers and sisters, uh, but I'm going to probably let you down sometime. So don't put your hope in me. And maybe the person next to you, maybe you've been married for 60 years, I would venture to believe that there have been times and moments when they've let you down. So the sons of Korah, inspired by God himself, says, Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So now, how do we hope? Because I think it is tough to do. I think the world comes in front of us and says, Hey, look at me, hope in me, you know, put your attention this way. So the sons of Korah gives us a couple things to do that will help cultivate hope and keep us in that place of hope. So let me walk through them quickly, encourage you to read Psalm 42. Just read it, read it, read it. Let it sink in. Let it kind of take over. So the first thing is verse 9. I say to, my, say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Now, the first time I read it, second time I read it, third time I read it, I'm like, okay, that's really great. But I think this is the gist. Where did the sons of Korah go when they're feeling heavy-hearted? Who did they ask the question of? God. Right? You can commiserate with people on this earth until you're blue in the face, but really the direction of the sons of Korah was to go this way. Okay, God, I just don't get it. Why? Why is this happening? And just so you know, God likes it when we come to him. Even when we question him, he wants us to turn our attention to him for everything. Secondly, verse 8a. I divided this verse in two because I found two different things. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. The sons of Korah, you know what they were doing? They were thinking about God's faithfulness. And the word steadfast love is a unique word in Hebrew as well as in English today, if you understand it. Steadfast means it's going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not fickle, right? Like my love for my wife, as much as I would think it's really great, it's fickle. It's imperfect, but God's love is steadfast. It's solid. It's absolute. There's no question to it. And so when you're in a moment of a heavy heart, think about God and his steadfast love. The same God who made heavens and earth, he said, let there be and there was, is the same God who knows what's going on in your heavy heart today. And he is solid. Same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what the book of Hebrews tells us. So think about that. So when the heavy heart comes knocking at your door, 
take a step back and go, okay, the very character of God is love, and he's going to see me through this. The second part of B kind of challenges us a little bit. And at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. It, one of the most difficult times for me to praise the Lord is when I have a heavy heart. And yet, one of the most important times for me to praise the Lord is when I have a heavy heart. I got a text, I think two days after my heart attack, and a friend of mine who had gone through a very similar thing texted me and said, how are you feeling emotionally? Because they knew that when you go through some kind of hard thing, often you'll have some kind of depression. And let me tell you, it was hitting me hard. All the coulda, shoulda, wouldas. I mean, I felt so oppressed. It was crashing up against me. I felt so bombarded. I mean, if you want to watch a man cry, that was the time to do it. It was really tough. And even now, if you go into my office, you'll see that my guitar is right by my desk. Do you know why? Not for show. It's so that when I'm feeling heavy-hearted, I kind of reach for it, strap it on, and I play until my attitude changes. And sometimes it takes a couple hours. Sometimes just a couple minutes. So if you're feeling heavy-hearted, try something different. Praise the God of the universe. All right, and then verse 5. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with sh glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. This gives you a hint of what was going on and why they were feeling depressed and heavy-hearted. You see, they're used to being in the temple, they're used to praising the Lord, but something happened where they couldn't go into the temple. So instead of just sitting there going, Argh. instead they started remembering what they were doing before and the blessing that God gave them. So if you're feeling heavy-hearted today, remember God's faithfulness in your life. Remember how he has shown up. Remember those moments where you felt like all is lost and he steps in. Remember. And then Greg mentioned verses 1 and 2. The, it's picturesque. If you've ever seen a deer by a stream, on a hot day especially, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you. Oh God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? So have a thirst for things eternal. Often we thirst for things that are temporal. Now, what I mean by that is they will only last a short period of time. I'll tell you, when I'm heavy-hearted, nothing is better than a chocolate Reese's peanut butter cup. But it, or like Snickers, right? It doesn't really satisfy 
I know the commercials show this really beast of a person turning into a really nice person after they have a Snickers bar. It doesn't last. But the eternal qualities of God's living water will last for an eternity. So thirst for him. And specifically, what does that look like? Get more in the word of God. That Bible thing, the Bible thing on your app, whatever, spend more time drinking from that fountain than you do of the rest of this world. Watch how it changes your heavy heart. Now, I'm going to tell you, it may not change your circumstances around you. So if you've got chaos all around you, it's like this Lydia Lieber. She lived with her, with her son who doesn't know Jesus and her heavy heart, but she still had hope. Why? Because of the living water of God's word sustains her through 98 years of life. Absolutely amazing. That's why when we talk about exploration on Wednesdays, opportunity for everyone to study God's word, to drink from there. Now, um, on there it said, when shall I come and appear before God? I found a different version or translation of that last part of verse 2. When will I come and see the face of God? That caught me. You know, I thought about the moment when Moses saw the face of God in that burning bush and how his life was changed and transformed. Well, today we get to see the face of God in so many different things. Example, the communion that we received, I hope that you just sat back and said, I met Jesus today. Or when you open up the word of God, you get to see his face or glance over at that cross. It's not just some kind of art And if you wear a cross, it's not just some kind of jewelry, but it ultimately is the place where God took our sin on himself so we can have life. So see the face of God. Now, God didn't want to leave us to question things about what God looks like. So John 14, 9, oops, go back, there we go. Sorry, I'm having a, there we go. All right, here's what I want to do is I want to take you on a journey of Psalm 43. I'm not going to talk about it or preach on it. I want us to pray it. So I'm going to put it up on the screen. I'm going to invite you to stand. And, if, and yeah, we're going to read it. But would you please consider it as a prayer that you are now putting your attention up to the Almighty and you're going to talk to him about heavy hearts or whatever's going on. And I think these words from a different version, this is from Psalms Now. If you would ever want to have some fun, um, they really take the, the, uh, the text and make it picturesque. So you're going to see it in like everyday language. So if you would please stand. And we're going to pray this out loud. And again, remember, you're going to be reading it. It's going to feel like you're reading it. But please, please pray this as a prayer together. Oh God, my life is cluttered up with conflicts. And there are times when you seem so oblivious to it all. The pitfalls before me. The weaknesses within me. All this is most depressing. 
I feel as if I am groping in utter darkness. We go back. I'll control it. Okay, let's continue. Break into my darkness, O God. Set me free from my hang-ups. May these daily pressures that threaten to strangle me drive me to your fountainhead of grace. Then night will give way to the dawn. Depression shall resolve into joy. And I shall sing in your presence once more. O foolish spirit, why do you fret over so many things? God is here. He knows all about your troubles and trials. Renew your faith in him and rejoice. I shall rejoice no matter how black the night. God is my ever-present and eternal hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Receive the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Thank you.
It all 